Good evening, everyone, and a happy mini Monday to you. Um, this week, we are going to be focusing on celiac disease. Now, I did get a write-in for this week, which is pretty great. Um, I'm also going to talk about my experiences with gluten intolerance, um, because celiac disease, I guess, runs in my family, and so I thought that I had it for a while. Then we are going to listen to some stories that I found on Reddit, um, just like a couple little blurbs that people had put on there, um, just about their experiences living with celiac disease and how they got diagnosed. But first, I just want to let you know that I have now switched podcast providers. So, like, now I'll be on basically every platform besides Apple Music. Because Apple Music wants me to pay for a separate thing, and I'm just not doing that right now. Um, so, you will be able to listen to It Bees Like That on everything, including Amazon, um, Podbean still, Spotify... Um, iHeartRadio, and a few other obscure ones that I hadn't actually heard of before, but now I'm on them. So any platform you guys use to get your podcast, you can now get a bees like that. I would really appreciate it if you would like, follow, subscribe, whatever they have on there, um, because it really helps me out and it'll help me have, um, like more interactment with my audience. Uh, I am trying to monetize the podcast. I think it would be really nice to get to do that this early. Now, I know I probably won't right now, but, you know, it's always good to start working on your goals ahead of time. Because even if it's not this month, next month, or the month after, it could be the month after that. Who knows? So, I'm definitely going to try. Um, another thing I wanted to say is that my back is, like really flaring up right now and so I am actually recording in a different area today um I'm recording in bed um so if it kind of sounds weird or if you get background noise I'm so sorry about that um but it just it just wasn't gonna work out me sitting in my studio for a few hours today um so yeah just being transparent but anyway let's get into the episode Celiac disease is a long-term autoimmune disorder which mostly affects the small intestine. It's characterized as a development of an intolerance to gluten, which is present in foods such as wheat, rye, and barley. Usual symptoms include gastrointestinal problems like chronic diarrhea, abdominal distension, malabsorption, loss of appetite, abdominal pain, and among children, failure to grow normally. Non-classic symptoms are more common, especially in people older than two years. There may be mild or absent gastrointestinal symptoms, a wide number of symptoms including any part of the body, or no obvious symptoms. Celiac disease usually comes up during childhood, but it can actually develop at any age. Um, it's associated with other autoimmune diseases, such as type 1 diabetes and Hashimoto's thyroiditis, um, among others. But celiac disease is caused by a reaction in gluten, a group of various proteins found in wheat and other grains such as barley and rye. Moderate quantities of oats, free of contamination with other gluten-containing grains, are usually tolerated. The occurrence of problems may depend on the variety of oat. 
it occurs more often in people who are genetically predisposed. Upon exposure to gluten, an abnormal immune response may lead to the production of several different autoantibodies that can affect a number of different organs. In the small bowel, this causes an inflammatory reaction and may produce shortening of the villi lining in the small intestine. This affects the absorption of nutrients, frequently leading to anemia. Diagnosis is typically made by a combination of blood antibody tests and intestinal biopsies, helped by specific genetic testing. Making the diagnosis is not always straightforward. About 10% of the time, the autoantibodies in the blood are negative, and many people have only minor intestinal changes with normal villi. People may have severe symptoms, and they may be investigated for years before a diagnosis is achieved. As a result of screening, the diagnosis is increasingly being made in people who have no symptoms. Evidence regarding the effects of screening, however, is not sufficient to determine its usefulness. While the disease is caused by a permanent intolerance to gluten proteins, it is distinct from wheat allergy, which is much more rare. The only thing known about the effective treatment is a strict, lifelong, gluten-free diet, which leads to the recovery of the intestinal lining. It improves symptoms and reduces the risk of developing complications in most people. If untreated, it may result in cancers, such as intestinal lymphoma and a slightly increased risk of early death. Rates vary between different regions of the world, from as far as 1 in 300 to as many as 1 in 40, with an average of between 1 in 100 and 1 in 170 people. It is estimated that 80% of cases remain undiagnosed, usually because of minimal or absent gastrointestinal complaints and a lack of knowledge of symptoms and diagnostic criteria. Celiac disease is slightly more common in women than it is in men. And all of that came from the Mayo Clinic. Um, as always, my links will be posted in the description below. Um, but just to continue... The exact reason for the sudden onset of celiac disease is not yet known. People who develop celiac disease later in life can have eaten gluten for many years without having a negative reaction. Studies suggest that a shift could be caused by the body reaching its breaking point after a lifetime of eating gluten. Stress and other environmental conditions may also be part of the change. Researchers suggest that a possible cause for the sudden onset of celiac disease could be a change in intestinal bacteria. Changes in our intestinal bacteria can be caused by a triggering event, like surgery, pregnancy, or infection. After these events, the makeup of the gut biome can change, causing the dormant genes that fuel celiac disease to come into play. Symptoms of celiac disease can present themselves differently across age and sex. Children frequently experience the gastrointestinal-related symptoms of celiac disease, while adults will also experience symptoms unrelated to digestion. Some of the most common symptoms of celiac disease include, but are not limited to, abdominal pain, stomach cramps, constipation, bloating, diarrhea, nausea, malnutrition and weight loss, pain in the bones and joints, anemia, osteoporosis, fatigue, 
numbness and tingling in extremities, itchy rash, depression and anxiety, migraines, seizures, oral sores, and women who suffer from celiac disease, they can experience missed periods, infertility, and frequent miscarriages. And older people, they can face cognitive impairment, which can drastically alter their way of life. But now that I've told you all of the the facts and and the wordy, fun stuff that I know is just everyone's favorite. Um, let's get into the stories. Our first story is our write-in from Lauren. Lauren has had celiac disease for a while now, and she really wanted to include her story. So here we are, and thank you again, Lauren. Hi, my name is Lauren, and I was diagnosed with celiac disease at the end of 2020 or the beginning of 2021. I can't exactly remember, and that's from my ADHD, so please be patient with me. Celiac disease is an illness caused by an immune reaction to eating gluten. Gluten is a protein found in foods containing wheat, barley, or rye. If you have celiac disease... Eating gluten triggers an immune response to the gluten protein in your small intestine. Over time, this reaction damages your small intestine's lining and prevents it from absorbing nutrients. I'm currently 24 years old, born in December of 1999, and I didn't really struggle much with my health until I was an adult. I started having symptoms when I was much younger, the only signs being me having acid reflux and bloating when eating. My parents never thought of it much, and I was taken to normal appointments with my pediatrician. It just never was a big deal. When I was 19 or 20, I was in college as a theater major. I started having these awful attacks that made me feel like someone was twisting my lungs from the bottom. It was sharp pain that started on my right side and eventually made it to the left. After about six months of me ignoring it, every time I had an attack, it would last longer, and it got to the point that it was happening for 12 hours straight. I waited because I didn't have health insurance, and I didn't want to be in debt for my entire life. My first experience in the ER, which was St. Joe's and Warren, uh, they said I was just constipated. <laughs> Um, I did everything they told me to do, and still ended up in another attack six to eight hours later. I went back to the hospital in a lot of pain, and they did nothing. They wouldn't do any tests, talked down to me about how my colon worked, and sent me on my way. About a month later, I went in again, and after a really bad attack, I explained to the doctor what I had experienced, and he said, I'm not going to figure out what's wrong with you, but I'll make sure it's nothing serious. He did an ultrasound, and it was found that I had one giant gallstone. He said it was still my fault because I didn't have a primary care provider, but referred me to a surgeon to have my gallbladder removed. Mind you, it was May of 2020 beginning of the pandemic, and I just got my insurance, but it was my fault. I was misdiagnosed two other times when I was in the ER. I feel that when you have a vagina, healthcare workers immediately assume you're being overdramatic. I got my gallbladder removed, and after that, I started struggling with serious bowel issues. 
diarrhea constantly, immense bloating, and feeling a lot of brain fog. I had headaches all the time as well, and I couldn't take it anymore. I went to see a doctor at a local urgent care in Austintown that had just opened, and her name was Chelsea. Chelsea gave me some meds to help and did blood work. Assuming I just had IBS but wanting to be sure, I had something come up on my blood work that suggested that I had celiac disease. So she referred me to a gastroenterologist to be properly diagnosed, which included an upper endoscopy to do a biopsy on my intestine. I went to the Boardman Gastroenterology Group and did the endoscopy. Since it was still COVID times, I couldn't have anyone in there with me. So when I woke up, still a little out of it, the doctor just looked at me and said, just stop eating gluten, and walked away. A very friendly guy. My whole life drastically changed from there. I've lived my entire life in a very low-income household. Our utilities being shut off wasn't out of the norm from time to time, so having to switch my entire diet to gluten-free was and is still a challenge. When I got into adulthood, I started eating out a lot more. I had grown up a pretty picky eater from being neurodivergent and having some texture issues, so this was an absolute nightmare for me. I hated people having to make any accommodations for me. I didn't like them not being able to do what they wanted to do because of me. So I used to just roll with it and tell people I would figure out what I could eat anywhere they chose. Now, that's no longer an option. Most restaurants don't offer gluten-free options, and when they do, they upcharge ridiculously. I struggle to this day to not hurt myself by eating gluten, and have found even at grocery stores, there are some things that say gluten-free, DiGiorno gluten-free pizza, that aren't. You must look around for what is certified gluten-free and isn't. Otherwise, you end up bloated and feeling like crap for an entire evening. The saving grace is if you live near a Trader Joe's, which I would recommend everyone shop at if you're gluten-free because they have pre-made ravioli and cupcakes and all the things you would want if you struggle with cooking every day like I do. I do not recommend chickpea pasta though. I think it's gross and the sauces you use do not cover the chickpea taste. I like the corn and the rice gluten-free noodles. They're the closest to normal. The unfortunate thing is that for 12 ounces of gluten-free noodles, it's 2 to $4, versus the 89 cents to a dollar pounds of normal boxed pasta. So it gets really expensive. <laughs> Loaves of bread pre-made are 6 to $7 as well, which super sucks. You have to look at everything. Medications, Tylenol says gluten-free on it, toothpaste vitamins, ice creams, all kinds of stuff. But when I did my follow-up appointments with my gastroenterologist, their nurse practitioner just shamed me the entire time for not being able to stick to 100% gluten-free diet. Said I just needed to do it. She didn't seem to care much about my mental health issues or any other factors I had going on in my life at that time. I gave up on going to them and just started managing my symptoms on my own with the over-the-counter anti-acids and trying my best to better my diet. 
I can say everything I eat at home, I eat entirely gluten-free. But I struggle still with eating out a lot. Every event I've gone to or place I travel to, I struggle with finding gluten-free accommodations. And it sucks. My friends will often offer me to go out to eat and I debate if I can handle it or eat anything there or just outright decline, even though I really, really want to go. I'm uncomfortable telling restaurant staff that I'm gluten-free, as most people see it as a fad diet, and I don't want to be judged or make any trouble for people. The worst symptoms I usually deal with are bloating, migraines, diarrhea, brain fog, nausea, and my least favorite is neuropathy. When I eat a lot of gluten or push myself too far, I start to lose the feeling in my hands and feet. It's gone up my legs before. It's a weird kind of numb feeling, and that I have not had specifically diagnosed because I didn't want to be shamed by a doctor for eating gluten in the first place. It does go away after a day of rest usually, so I've been able to manage it. It's also very hard to eat gluten-free if you have texture issues like I do. Um, I don't eat most meat because of its stringy-like texture. And a lot of gluten-free foods in restaurants end up being meat, like wings or chicken. I love Japanese food. Sushi has been a really good way for me to branch out. But a lot of the sauces and ingredients in Japanese cooking contain gluten. So it's just another battle of finding what I can and can't eat and what swaps you can make. There are other people with celiac disease who lose weight, who vomit, and get so sick that they need hospitalized when they eat gluten. So I find myself lucky that I'm able to manage without a hospital say so far. There are people with service dogs for celiac that can smell gluten in foods to protect them from harming themselves, which I think is awesome. Celiac disease is listed in the Americans with Disabilities Act as well, so I mark that I have a protected condition under that act when I apply for jobs, which I feel has affected my callbacks for interviews. I currently work full-time as an administrative assistant for a behavioral health company, and I love my job. But there is rarely gluten-free food at events or parties at my workplace, so I end up having to stare at other people eating. My coworkers at my specific office, though, have been really lovely about it and bring me gluten-free things whenever they can or accommodate when possible. The main company events just aren't as accommodating. A lot of people don't understand celiac. They think it's like being lactose intolerant. I've had people ask me if there's a version of lactate for gluten so I could eat it. It would be nice if more people were aware of this disease so more accommodation would be made in places like restaurants or grocery stores. And so I didn't have to feel so uncomfortable telling restaurant staff of my allergies. I had a co-worker who also had celiac tell me that after they told a local restaurant of their gluten allergy, they were given food with gluten in it on purpose. It's hard to trust someone else making your food. 
And it's always a leap since you don't know if they checked every seasoning and every ingredient to be gluten-free. I am lucky to have the friends I do that will always ensure that I can eat at our hangouts and double-check ingredients with me. It is possible to be gluten-free, even in an area like mine where there are no Trader Joe's and you have to maneuver cooking a lot of things yourself. I would tell anyone out there struggling that you're not a bad person. It's a learning curve, and it takes time, and sometimes you still mess up, and that's okay. Not being able to eat what you want with any condition sucks, and takes a lot of time to adjust to. Give yourself grace. And to those who haven't experienced celiac or don't know too much about it, Be kind to those who tell you of their condition. Be understanding of their diet and needing accommodations. I promise, we wouldn't ask these things of people if we didn't have to. Don't be offended if we don't want to eat your food. Sometimes the risk is great and not worth it, but it never has to do with how good or bad your food is. And that story, again, was from Lauren. Um, Thank you so much, Lauren, for sharing that. I felt like that was... It it was very insightful into the condition and how it can actually affect you on, like, a day-to-day life. Because, you know, eating comes up so often. I mean, you need to do it at least three times a day, um, if not more. And it's really fucking hard to go gluten-free. Because you're right, everything, every little thing, even if it's like a salt mix, is going to have gluten in it. They're going to put flour in it because it's a thickener or whatever. And that is really hard. I mean, I've had to deal with it, so maybe I just get it more. But you were spot on with this entire thing. Um, I do wish, though, okay, I wish that there was such a thing as lactate for gluten allergies, okay? Like the whole allergy. Um, That would be cool. Not possible, but cool. And it's really funny that you said that about the Japanese food because, like, sushi has definitely opened up the doors for me. I mean, if I go out with a friend, I always say, hey, you want to go get sushi? Because I know that I can get, like, you know, a little bit of sashimi, whatever. And not even have to bring up the fact that I can't eat it. So, you're totally right. And what you said about your friend who, or your coworker who went and some local place gave them gluten on purpose, I mean, that's, come on, like, that's, like, evil. Like, that's, like, next level, why the fuck would you do that? That's bullshit, and you're ignorant. Like, I, I... I am so surprised by that. Like, I'm not, like, surprised, honestly, sadly. But still, that is really fucked up. So hopefully she was okay after that and that they didn't send her to the fucking hospital because that's what happens. People do end up in the hospital. You're right. So that was... It was very lovely, the way that you put everything. It really, really sounded like you have tried to put this into a good place for yourself mentally. Um, 
if that makes sense to anybody else. To me, it makes perfect sense. Um, but yeah, this was excellent. And I am glad that you were able to get your diagnosis finally. So thank you so much for writing in. This next story is one that I found on Reddit. Um, it was in a celiacs um, thread. And the Reddit user's name is The Quilting Empath. And this was posted two years ago. 16 years ago, my psychologist, who was also an RN, who had recently been diagnosed, suggested that I get tested because I didn't have a typical depression. I went into my physician who flat out refused to do a blood panel because I was overweight by 15 pounds and people with celiac disease are skinny from malnutrition. So I kept going about my business until I had an awful bout of bacterial colitis and decided to go see a gastro. She said, of course, to the blood panel, and it came back positive. Went back to the physician, told him that I do have celiac disease, and never saw him again. And I've been gluten-free for the last 15 years. Interestingly, shortly after that, when I was in the beginning stages of learning about CD, I had found an article saying that about 30% of people with undiagnosed CD are overweight because their bodies are storing fat because they think that it's starving. And I thought that that one was, was really good to read because I actually didn't realize that people with celiac disease could end up with malnourishment. Um, that was something that I had never really thought about. And even when my doctor was talking to me about it, um, he never, he never mentioned that. So, um, I actually go to the same doctor that Lauren went to at first too. So maybe that explains some things. Um, but <laughs> I thought that this one was really helpful. Um, I like that it pointed out that just because this person was 15 pounds overweight didn't mean that they didn't have the disease. I mean, like I said earlier, everyone's symptoms are completely different because they're completely different people. And some of the symptoms that people get from it aren't even listed on there. Like, I saw some crazy ones that I just, I figured I'd go with the ones that I saw the most often. Um... But celiac disease is really, it's a really hard one to deal with. I, I totally, I hate having to be gluten-free. Um, even though I don't have celiac disease, at least we don't think so, I still think that it's up in the air. Um, but just living gluten-free is really difficult. So now I'm actually going to talk about my experience with gluten intolerance slash celiac disease. So my whole life, I ate food and I didn't really care. Um, I would eat bread, pasta, all that stuff all the time. Like I loved butter noodles. Like that's like my thing, you know? Um, and I thought that everyone felt like crap after they ate. I thought it was normal. I thought you were supposed to feel like bloated and whenever because people would always say oh I'm stuffed you know and uh being a little kid you just think oh yeah everything's normal and um and it wasn't uh it wasn't until uh, well I had one Christmas 
that I'm sure my parents remember we had to go to the hospital like four times because I was sick like something hurt my stomach terribly and we had no idea what it was and um since then I get that same pain still um anytime that like I'm eating gluten or I'm eating something that might have gluten in it if I have just a little bit too much because I really try to limit how much I use um, if I have just a little bit too much, I am sick as a dog for days. Um, my, my partner could tell you, like, I can eat something. Like, if we go to Olive Garden and I have an Olive Garden breadstick, because obviously if I'm going there, I'm going to have at least one or three, you know? Um, and if I do that, I mean, I look six months pregnant. And I'll look six months pregnant for, like, three days, three to five days, it's ridiculous and I will feel like so down and like my depression gets worse and I just feel cloudy in my head and I don't feel good and and just generally I don't even feel like myself and it's crazy that a food can do that to you but it can and that's something that I didn't like ever really think about I think I knew one girl who had celiac when I was a kid and she was so much younger than me that I never really, I never talked to her. In fact, I don't think I ever talked to her. But I knew she had celiac because she would have to get special snacks all the time. And sometimes I would help out with setting things up. So I only knew about it because of that. I also um, have a cousin who has celiac disease. Um, but what I didn't know was that when he was really little, he had to get part of his intestine taken out because of it. Um, so anyway, fast forward, it's like a little bit before the pandemic, maybe like early 2020, and I'm having all this pain in my stomach, and I can't figure out why, and like, I'll throw up sometimes, other times I just can't eat, um, if I'm making pasta, because you know, it's like really cheap, and I'm like on my own now, um, I'll end up like, just so sick, so sick. And I was talking to Andy about it, and I'm like, babe, like, do you always feel like this? And obviously the answer was no, because that's not normal. Um, I ended up going to the doctor, and they told me that I probably had celiac disease, surprisingly. And uh, we did some testing, and it came back inconclusive. So he told me, hey, just stop eating gluten. And I said, all right. <laughs> And so started my long journey of trying to learn, like, what kind of food I like and what kind of food I don't. Um, something I didn't know, Pringles have gluten in them. I shit you not. Like, Pringles that you would think would just be potatoes and, like, potato flour or whatever. Nope, they have gluten in them. And I didn't know that until after I ate, like, a half a can of Pringles one night. And uh, I got super sick, and then I looked at the can. Um... But I ended up going to Giant Eagle a lot, and I would get a lot of gluten-free things from there. Um, I think that buying bread was probably the hardest one to find. But I just found this one bread that was kind of good when it was toasted and just called it good. It's from Aldi's. It's de decent, but don't eat it untoasted because it's dry. Um, but I stopped going to the doctor for a little bit. And it was really just because, you know, the pandemic was going on and this doctor makes you wait for like over an hour before you can even get in to be seen. 
So I put it off and I just continued to eat no gluten. I ended up going back to the doctor because I was having more stomach problems and I was eating a little bit of gluten here and there, but not really a lot. So he told me he wanted to do one more test. And so I ate gluten for probably like a week before it and it came back that I didn't have it. But now they want to get a CT scan and all this. And this is like everything being inconclusive and then suddenly them telling me, no, you don't have it. And then six months later, now they want to do more testing. I don't know. We'll see what happens with it. But I still think that I have celiac disease. But they're saying it's a gluten intolerance and I might be allergic to preservatives. Um, however, I they can't explain away the fact that I feel so, so sick afterwards because an intolerance can make you feel bloated and lethargic. But the symptoms that I experience definitely make me feel like, yes, it could be celiac. Apparently, it's really big on my mom's side of the family. Um, so, I don't know. But... I wanted to talk a little bit about my experience for anybody else who might think that they have it, but they're not sure, but they might have it, and it's a lot of work, and it's really difficult to, like, go on, like, a dinner date. It's really difficult to go out with my friends, because once I get to the restaurant, I have to look at the menu and figure out exactly what I want. And my problem is that I love cheeseburgers. Um, but most of the time, you can't get a good gluten-free bun. Uh, but there is a local place that does have one. And I love it there. Now we just got one up the street. So that means I can get burgers. A $16 burger, by the way, because it's a $2 upcharge for a gluten-free bun. Even though, literally, it's a dietary need, you know? I I don't get it, but that's okay. Um, I get my bourbon burger and <laughs> call it good, I guess. Um, but, like, I, like if I go to a, fra- a fast food restaurant, um, or fast food chain, let's say it's a restaurant, but, like, I can't even get french fries because french fries have gluten in them, especially the Arby's ones. Those Arby's ones that are freaking amazing, yeah, I uh, I can't have those. But I still eat them once in a while when I shouldn't. But, oh well. Um, in fact, right now, my stomach is, like, really bloated. And I actually don't know what I ate. Um, I mean, last night I went out for drinks with my sister for her birthday. So, maybe it's just from that. But, I just, I, I don't think that I can go a whole week without feeling kind of sick. Even if I'm not eating any gluten. Um, but one thing I did find. Something that kind of makes me think maybe they're right. Something that sets me apart from it. Is that I can eat sourdough bread. Sourdough has a very low gluten index, yeah. But the fact that I can eat it and not feel sick, most of the time. There's a couple that do. But that makes me think that maybe I don't. But regardless, I'm still struggling with this. I'm trying to figure it out. Trying to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and taking care of my health because 
you know, autoimmune disorders, well, diseases, that's not something you really want to mess around with. Like, it's really, really, really important to keep your body healthy. You really only get one, no matter how many times people tell you that. It is so true. And I'm trying to take better care of my body. Um, I'm, I'm eating better and I'm not eating any gluten. And I actually cut out the sugar too, because I think the sugar makes my stomach like this one spot right underneath of like my ribs. I get this like intense pain. I cut down on sugar too. And that made that go away too. So I don't know, but it's really fucking hard to live with something like celiac disease because it shows up in every part of your life and you feel like 90% of the time it's all you talk about is gluten this and gluten that and oh I'm gluten free and people are like oh yeah are you like yes I actually am it's not just because I want to be skinny like it's also because I literally cannot eat it without getting extremely sick and feeling like I'm gonna like pass out or just lay on the floor and take a deep nap um but fingers crossed that my next test they'll be able to tell me for sure whether or not I have celiac or if I just have a gluten intolerance but yeah for anybody else who might kind of be in this boat you're not alone and you're still you're still valid because more than likely you probably have it um, it's getting more common all the time, and I think it's just because people are testing for it more. Um, unfortunately, though, a lot of places, they don't, they don't recognize it as being something that they should a- accommodate to, and so then we all end up having salads, and don't get me wrong, I love a good salad, like, salad is great, um, but, you know, sometimes you just want a cheeseburger, or you want a pasta, Oh, and the pasta at Olive Garden, the gluten-free one, used to be terrible. It's good now. It's very good. I think they switched to a rice pasta. So I go to Olive Garden a lot. You can eat there, (laughs) which is good. Um, A couple of things that I have found that I really, really, really love. There's these Bob's um, peanut butter and jelly oat. Like, it's like a round granola bar, but it has peanut butter and jelly on the inside. And if you stick one of those in the toaster for, like, a few seconds, you take it out. It's like a warm, um, uh, uncrustable. It's just like that, and they're so good. Um, I do a lot of, of, of that kind of stuff, or, um, I make a lot of meals that are mostly just roasted vegetables, because I love vegetables. Uh, rice. Rice is very good. And you can eat oatmeal. I know a lot of people think, oh, I can't eat oatmeal, but you have to pay attention to what kind of oat it is. Um, don't mind that. I'm using one of my very old phones to, um, spoof Pokemon right now, so don't worry about it. Um, but I'm a big overnight oat kind of girl. Like, I will make overnight oats every day. I'm actually about to make some for next week in, like, an hour after I'm done here. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's like two things that I offered, but there is lots of things that you can, that you can eat that, that help. And also Pinterest is my best friend. If it wasn't for Pinterest, I think that most of my meals would be boring. 
because um, I'm a good cook. Don't get me wrong. Like, I won't even lie. Like, my, my food is, is really good. But sometimes you run out of ideas and you get bored and you're like, man, I need something better. Like, those moms on Pinterest, they know exactly what to make. So Pinterest is my best friend. It's definitely something that's helped. And uh, I think I've only ever went to one restaurant that cared that I had. Um, well, at the time I thought I had celiac. Uh, and they scrubbed down the stove and everything so that way they could make my food without me, not the stove, the grill, um, but without me having a problem. And I really appreciated that. I was like so surprised. I kept telling them like, no, no, you're okay. Because I would never asked for that before. But the, the waitress looked at me and she said, no, that's what we're supposed to do. And I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, you're following health safety guidelines holy shit like who does that nobody <laughs> but yeah so i hope that this was helpful to someone um it's really important to make sure that you prioritize yourself even if it's something that you think is a nuisance to someone else or whatever who cares like if you have to go and get sushi instead of getting italian i'm so sorry like what a problem to have Sushi is so good, and it's definitely my best friend whenever it comes to going out with my friends. So, you should definitely think about that if you're having problems. Alright, <laughs> I'm just rambling now. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and I will see you guys next week with another main episode. Um, I'm not totally sure what I'm going to do it on yet, but with me thinking about it right now... I might do it on another organization. I think that sounds good. But we'll see. I always change my mind at the last moment. I will let you guys know what our next episode is. And I will see you on Sunday. Bye. <laughs>